Coach Ryan Mullaney, uh, mostly known as Coach Moles. Um, the only people that don't call me Coach Moles are family members. Uh, been coaching for a long time, decades. And uh, this podcast is, I'm, I need to do some explaining on it. Um, it's called Who Are You? Um, and the you being a dot. And we, we've created this uh, learning platform that's, you know, it's kind of a, a symbol for a university, just teaching, teaching a class, learning things. I'm hoping to learn a lot from this podcast myself, and I'm hoping that uh, you can enjoy some of that as well. Uh, anyway, so I want to tell you the background on why I'm doing this podcast and what the base platform is. And I'm going to tell a story about it here um, that where I kind of came up with this concept of who are you university. And sometimes when I'm with um, coaches or coaches are with me or with players, or I get around an NFL player and I start talking a little bit of ball, they kind of look at me like, who are you? You know, and it came from an original story where I, uh, I was decided to go out to, uh, it was the university of Utah when urban Meyer was there. And I visited urban staff, um, once in Utah, and then I went down to Florida. I think I went four years in a row down to Florida to study with the staff in Florida when they were the national champions under Urban Meyer. And then I ended up going to Ohio State uh, four times as well. Um, and, and I studied with ur urban staff. Now, I would guess that over the last 24 years, I've probably, I, I'm, I know it's over 200 times that I've visit, visited colleges and literally, literally dr driven around in a circle like this that brings me back to Denver, Evergreen, Colorado, where, where I live, where I'm based, and where I coach, uh, currently coaching at Rock Canyon High School in Denver, near Denver. Um, anyway, I just, my first time out there was at Utah, and uh, I was kind of standing, you know, we were told in a meeting with, with the coaches, Urban came in and all the coaches that were visiting Utah were in one room together and they were all high school coaches or other coaches that were there to learn. And he said, the one, that, the one rule I have is don't step on the field. We have three practice fields out there. Maybe it was two. Um, but he said, don't stand on the field, stand on the sidelines. I want to make sure you guys are on the sidelines. And uh, so you're out of the way of things. We don't need players running into coaches or whatever kind of disasters that can come from. So the practice, they send us out on the practice fields and we're kind of standing around and I'm getting to know some of the other coaches, shaking hands, doing that kind of stuff. And anyway, to make a long story short, I end up standing there talking to a coach with my left leg on the field. My right leg's on the, on the other side of the sideline. So the sideline's going right between my legs and out comes the team you know all the players come out of the locker room they're running on the field some of them are walking out and urban comes out and uh he kind of the team goes one way and urban starts walking straight to me and uh he walks up to me and he says uh excuse me and i i said yes sir you know he said who are you and i said uh, i'm coach Mullaney. i'm from colorado and uh, he says, no, I want you to tell me who you think you are. 
because you apparently think you can stand on our football field while you're out here because I told you explicitly not to be on this football field. Get on the other side of the line. Well, I got on the other side of the line, and he looked at me, and he said, now just stay there. That's where I want the coaches to be. Do you understand? I said, yes, and he ran away. So that was my first uh, interaction with uh, with Urban Meyer. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I was able to make friends with some other coaches. I, I had coaches that introduced me to, to this concept of going to these places. And I ended up being able to go down to Florida uh, with the urban staff and everything and nothing else that happened. But it always it always had impact on me um, at how detailed he was to see come out of that locker room and see me standing on that field, one leg on that field and coming over. And, you know, that one detail, get off the field. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Now, ever since then, um, I see things. And most recently, I'm going to bring up an example of Sean Payton, who's the head football coach of the Denver Broncos, and Russell Wilson. Right. And I, I listen to the local media here, these sport sport experts that are on uh, the football guys that are on the radio. We have a station out here called 1043, the fan K fan. And, uh, you know, they have different segments where different guys are in. Uh, the best one is with Mike Schlereth and uh, I mean, Mark Schlereth and uh, Mike Evans uh, early in the mornings and then different groups of these guys come on and they're, they're basically talking football, but I went through probably six weeks, five, well, minimally six weeks of these guys just tearing down Sean Payton, uh, the head coach of the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, the quarterback. And of course I'm sitting at, I'm sitting at home going, who are you? And uh, you hear so much commentary with all sports but particularly football, you hear it all the time. Somebody tearing somebody else down. One bad game, and they 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 basically try and make that out to be your career. They want you cut. They want you traded. They, why did we bring this guy in? Well, as you know, right now the Denver Broncos are on a uh, six and one run from losing being one and five. They're now uh, they're now seven and six. And they've come back, and the exact same announcers are talking about Sean Payton's brilliance and, you know, the performances that Russell Wilson has had have been, well, we're still not buying into Russell yet. You know, he, you know, he's still, you know, he's doing a good, good job, but he's still not the old Russell Wilson. And they, they still kind of tear Russell down. And all that goes through my brain is, who are you, <laughs> you know? This is an amazing thing that's happening and that's never happened in Broncos history where they come out one and five and now they're in the playoff picture at seven and six. And they're one game, one game behind the Chiefs when they were, I think, somewhere around four or five games behind the Chiefs just a few weeks ago. And they've made an, a, a, a tremendous resurgence. So we're going to talk about that right now. Another one that's a pet peeve for me is Bill Belichick you know, and the disrespect he's getting for how awful uh, his his uh, New England Patriots team is having one of the worst years in Bill Belichick's entire coaching career. Well, it's because he's old. 
<laughs> I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of old coaches out there. Nick Saban is about the same age. He seems to be doing fine. Um, there's certainly something wrong with the New, New England Patriots. Uh, but it's all Bill Belichick right now. He needs to retire. He needs to get out of football and needs to do some things. And I like his resolve because he, I can tell, has that attitude of uh, when somebody wants to say something to him, I'm sure he's got that. Who are you? What have you done to understand what's going on on this football field? Other than you can take statistics, win-loss stati statistics, and you – can take those statistics and throw them back in my face when you really don't understand everything that makes a great football team. And I do. And then they come back with, yeah, but you had Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, Tom Brady was an accident for Bill Belichick. He was not the starter. Uh, I can't remember the name of the quarterback. His first name was, I, I think drew, he was the one that broke his leg. And Tom Brady had to come into uh, to quarterback for him. He was out of Michigan. He was, I believe, a sixth-round draft choice. His physical nature was pathetic. He was kind of skinny with flab on top of the skin, on top of the the bones. Not probably never did a push-up in his life is what he looked like to me. And uh, in the Belichick system, you know. Tom Brady didn't know what he got to know about football from coming from college. That didn't happen. What happened was that he was developed by coaches, by his coaches. And he should forever have respect for Belichick, even though at the end of the day, Tom Brady was a pretty independent guy at the end of his career. He was a brilliant quarterback. He had brilliant accuracy, and he was beating every team in football. But there is that stage where he was developed. And I'm sure there was a relationship between Belichick and Tom Brady where Tom Belichick never had to say, you know, look at Tom Brady and go, who are you? He looked at Tom Brady and said, this is who you're going to be. And, and he developed him into a, a great football uh, quarterback. And Belichick was a great football coach because it's a team. And I'm going to tell you, there is no other position that is more codependent than quarterback. You see, if the quarterback doesn't get the snap or the, the center doesn't get the snap to the quarterback, that quarterback is screwed, okay? So is the entire offense, all right? If somebody jumps offside, that's a problem. If the offensive line doesn't work and they don't block, if the running game doesn't work because – then, you know, defenses can turn their linebackers loose. They can do a lot of different things if the running game isn't working, knowing that you have to pass the ball. And it opens up a lot of things that change the offense and the timing and the rhythm of throwing the ball and getting it out to the receiver on time. And we all know, if you know anything about football, the defensive line is getting through that offensive line quickly. The quarterback has to get rid of the ball earlier. Uh, and he'll either get sacked or he'll throw an errant ball, or he'll throw an interception. He's totally codependent. His rhythm and his ability to perform his job is completely up to how well that offensive line hand handles that defensive line. Unless he can run out, run out of the pocket, and he's really fast and he can escape, then he's a running quarterback. But is that really how quarterbacks are judged?
by their running ability? Well, it's part of it, but the big part of it is, what are his stats throwing the ball? How many touchdowns is he thrown for? How many completions does he have versus incompletions? How many interceptions does he throw? Well, that quarterback relies on that offensive line and every single person, starting with the center, who has to get him a good snap. Now, what if a wide receiver runs the wrong route or doesn't get open? What if all four receivers on a four on a on four receiver set, they're sending four receivers downfield, and the primary read in the progression of reading the defense and where the receivers are going, if the primary read is covered and he goes to a secondary read, or he, he has to go to a third read, he has to be very fast with his reads. But I'm going to tell you what will help that quarterback a lot. If the receiver gets open, and if the receiver doesn't get open, that quarterback is screwed. So now the quarter, the, the quarterback's relying on the getting a good snap. He's lo looking for protection. He's looking for a run game where the defense can't just turn it loose. They have to be gap scound, and, I mean, gap sound when the linebackers fit through through the proper gaps and the defensive line takes care of their job up front, uh, the offensive line takes care of their, uh, their job, and the quarterback has time to get the ball out. It's the most codependent position on the field. I've talked about every single player on the field, but what about the running back? The running back, well, he's got to sometimes be the guy that he just drops the ball to as a check, off, check down because, hey, I can't take the sack. Nobody's open. Nobody's covering the the uh, running back who's in the block and it slipped out slipped out into the flat or something. He pops it out there and the and the kid takes off running. That running back being open and catching that ball really saves the quarterback's ass at the end of the day. So when you look at when you look at football and you're just sitting there tearing everything down and you're going at the quarterback or the head coach usually the problems are much bigger than anybody sees. And so it's kind of like you. I, I want to say to every one of these broadcasters, who are you? Now, you can tell a bad football team because they're not beating anybody, okay? But they're in a bad football team. Guess what? Maybe the old line isn't getting their job done. Maybe the center's not getting the ball to the quarterback the right, right way or fast enough to get it to them. Uh, maybe maybe they're susceptible to blitz. Maybe they don't have receivers that can get open like the rest of the teams. But it all works together. It all works together. And when you have that team, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles this year, the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs who just lost to the Broncos, uh, and also lost to the Bills just this last game. Yeah, they have some pieces that are falling apart. They got rid of Tyreek Hill. That was probably a big mistake for them to send Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. They don't have the speed to stretch the field anymore. Mahomes doesn't have that receiver that can stretch the defense like Tyreek Hill could because he's a constant threat. They lost one player that was part of that team. They lost a link in the chain, and they're not as good a football team now. And the primary receivers become Travis Kelsey. What's Travis Kelsey doing? I don't care what anybody says. If you're a man and you've gone through relationships, marriage or whatever, women have a lot to do with your life. And I'm going to tell you something. This Kelsey, uh, Taylor Swift, they could have the greatest love relationship in the world. Good for them. But guess what? It's 
It's absolutely when that's the number one story in, in the NFL right now. All you hear about is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That becomes a distraction to the entire football team, if not the entire NFL. Can the NFL come up with a better story to be number one in the news than a love relationship between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? I think they probably could, but they're jumping all over it. Okay. And again, it's way away from the game. Okay. But getting back to it, it's kind of like who who is Patrick Mahomes now? Who is Travis Kelsey? I mean, they just they just lost their fifth game. Five games, Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions, lost five games. They're one one game away from having the one in five Denver Broncos tie them for first place, and the tie will go to Denver because Denver beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs also beat Denver, but the but I believe that the Broncos will take over first place if there's a, if if there's a tie. So think about it. Who am I? Okay, why am I on here? Why do I think I could talk about this? I've been coaching now for. 43 years, and I've learned a lot about team and the importance of team. And I'm doing this podcast because I want to dissect, look at things, not just at the at the NFL level, the college level as well. You look at it, why is, why is uh, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, all these coaches always at the top of what? There are 4,400 colleges and universities in this, in this country, country. You're looking at a lot of football teams that have have the same have the same opportunity, but for some reason, it's all about the players. Well, there's a lot of teams with great players that have equal players that aren't winning national championships and then being in the top five in college football. So anyway, that's the platform we're at. It's about hey, let's look at what what the the big picture is here. Who really is the best team? And you don't just bring the quarterback up. Quarterback is obviously, obviously a big part of it. But you got Josh Allen, who's been getting way more pressure this year. He's overthrowing the football. They're having the worst year they ever had. And everybody's going, what's wrong with Josh Allen? I don't know. He takes a couple helmets in the chin, you know. Things change. Minds change. You know, once you hear somebody opening your front door and you're at home alone, that changes who you are immediately. Well, guess what? When you're under pressure and when you when your team trades away other uh, receivers to try and pay one receiver and you're, you're down to, okay, I got these three guys, they're okay, but that guy's my main guy, Diggs. And I got, you know, the whole dynamic changes because the team changes, not the quarterback. Not the the elements of the actual team coming together and playing together is the thing that loses games. You might lose a game because of a player, but you're not going to lose five games when you usually don't lose any games without understanding the dynamics of team. Anyway, we're going to be uh, continuing this podcast. This I appreciate anybody that's listening to it. Uh, probably all fifty of you in the first in the first ep- episode. But I think you'll find we'll get to the dynamics of football and find out 
who the people are that are actually without trying destroying trying to personally destroy people in the media while at the same time the dynamics of the team have changed and they have to get the dynamics back exactly the same as the denver broncos this is coach moles i'm out thanks for listening have a great day first things first i'm gonna say all the words inside my